The Koi Gig Pod. I then had to then fake an injury because I didn't want to tell people that I was pregnant until the 12 weeks gone. That's, it's mad to think of really, it seems kind of archaic. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. There has been a surge in our audience uh, anytime we talk about Manchester United just recently because there is now irrefutable evidence that they are back. Daniel Harris, good morning to you. Hello, good morning. They are back, aren't they? Uh, back-ish, I would say. Winning derbies is obviously good, and this winning run is excellent, but we have seen something similar to this under Mourinho a little bit and under Ole a little bit, but it does look like there's a little bit more permanence to the way that they're playing now. So United aren't back until they start winning stuff, but it does look like they're on the road. I I think the thing about being back is at least you're competitive for stuff, incredible. I, I think under Mourinho, the football was just so difficult to enjoy, whereas this is different. The the manager wants him to be creative with the ball. He's he's taken the left back and put him in centre back, and all of a sudden the centre back's job is to thrust forward as opposed to being shouted at if he goes over the the halfway line. And it's it's like it's ironic that it is Luke Shaw who has blossomed into this uh, Titanic attacking centre back. Only only Eric Ten Hag had the vision for this. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, he is on a roll at the moment, Ten Hag, where almost everything he tries is working. But it comes, I guess, from a solid base because we talked on here quite a lot over the last season because I was thinking about this before I came on this morning. There were two things we talked about quite a lot. One was me constantly saying, I promise you these players aren't that bad and that's why I hate them so much. And I think we're seeing quite a bit of that now, that the players that we've been saying for quite a long time can really, really can play football, are playing football. That's some of the players like Luke Shaw, like Marcus Rashford. And the other thing we've constantly been batting about is who should the next manager be? And it really, in this case, came down to a choice between Mauricio Pochettino and Eric Ten Hag. And Pochettino, in some ways, had a stronger CV to get the job. But I found myself constantly leaning towards Ten Hag because even though I like Pochettino, I think he had the personality to do the United job. My concern with him was that we'd seen the best of him and also that United needed to recruit someone as manager who was able to compete with Guardiola and Klopp, who were obviously the best guys at the time rather than someone who perhaps had proved himself to be not quite as good as them already. So even though I didn't know enough about Ten Hag to confidently predict that this was the right bloke, it felt like he was a better fit than Pochettino because it felt more like he was the coming man, even though they're similar ages, just their career trajectories have been slightly different. And what we've seen from Ten Hag, more or less, is from when he joined until now, apart from trying to sign Marco Arnautovic, which was very bad behaviour, and what he had previously said about how he'd be happy to work with Mark Overmars again, he has done this job almost perfectly. It took him two games to get going, uh, but then after that, in those two games, United were so dreadful, he more or less earned himself the political capital to do whatever he wanted with the team, and almost everything he's done since then has gone well. He picked the wrong team against City when United lost 6-3 uh, in the first derby of the season. But it should also be remembered that City were 10 out of 10 that day. This City team may go on to win all sorts of trophies and never play better than they did that day. But Ten Hag still picked the wrong team. But other than that, he's been almost perfect. The turnaround's been pretty quick, Daniel. You remember earlier this season, United were 4-0 down at half-time to City in the league and ended up losing 6-3. Uh, and, and yet, even when they went a goal down on Saturday afternoon... 
with the Grealish header, you're thinking this game isn't over. That's a that's a cultural shift and it's an attitude shift that's brought about by, by Ten Hag surely because even when they went a goal down, you just felt that United were still in this game. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, even under Ole, actually, to give him his due, I mean, United got themselves into trouble all the time and ended up having to chase games, particularly away from home, where they went on that long run of not losing away from home. They were behind in so many games. But but I think what was different was the reason they were behind in all those games was that mentality you talked about. They didn't start games in the proper manner. Whereas what happened against City was they played played well throughout the game. But if you play a team as good as City, there's going to come a time where City are in the ascendancy. And what happened was when United were in the ascendancy, they didn't score. And when City were in the ascendancy, they did score. And that can happen. That wasn't indicative to me of poor mentality. Whereas when United were constantly coming from behind under Ole, the fact that they were behind in the first place reflected indolence and lack of fibre. And you're right to say that Ten Hag has given them some vertebra. And confidence breeds confidence. And the more they win, the better they play. It's a virtuous circle. And that's what you're seeing from United now. So when they go behind, they know that they don't need to panic because they trust the manager. They trust what they're doing. I think most importantly of all, it means that they trust themselves. That when when United beat Liverpool early in the season, and that was the third game of the season after they'd been battered in the first two, Tenach gave an interview afterwards. And the thing that he really kept drilling was these players are good. These are good. This is a good team. They just have to have the confidence to believe in themselves. And that's someone like Ten Hag, who's a technocrat. That was what he was kind of known as. He's a bloke who's going to coach the players and get United playing modern football. But even someone like that, who is into when the ball's here, you've got to be there. And that kind of modern, quite choreographed, almost way of playing football to a certain extent. The thing that he knew was most important about these players was mentality, because the players are good. It was about their ability to perform under pressure and to perform with consistency, to have that remorselessness that means that every time you get on the pitch, you play with full intensity and full effort, and he's getting that now. I was saying earlier, I think a lot of United fans, including myself, will be will be considering changing or um, naming their first child after Casemiro, uh, Daniel, with the, the performances that he's been coming out with. Uh, like, I know I mean, Bruno... He, yeah, sorry, I thought you finished. Go on. No, like Bruno Fernandes picks up the man of the match, but Casemiro seems the common denominator in all these United performances. Yeah, uh, Casemiro's the, the key player in this team because he is the thing that has been missing from this team for years. I've been banging on probably for five years now he, that United needed to have this kind of player. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that Ole made, I mean, he was particularly in his signings, his, his signings weren't great, but it was, it, there was that summer where he spent 85 million quid on Maguire. Even if Maguire had been Franco Baresi, I mean, what what sentence that is. Even if Maguire had been Franco Baresi, the more important move was to sign someone for that position because you can hide a good defence if you've got the ball. Uh, City have done doing it for years. I mean, not I'm saying their defence is rubbish, but their defence has always been the weakest part of every Pep Guardiola team, and they always managed to hide it by keeping the ball. United been unable to do that, so it meant that they had their no midfield, which meant they were inviting pressure, and that was much harder to hide, the fact that you don't have a midfield. And putting Casemiro in there has given you, number one, it's given you a player in that position. But again, back to the mentality, if you're a United player, if you're whoever, at Stockwood, Tomine, Fred, and you look around and you think, 
Jesus Christ, there's Casemiro next to me. It fortifies you with a level of confidence because this is a guy that knows what to do. He's a very serious footballer. And also, you don't want him to think that you're an indolent idiot. You want Casemiro to think you're good. And the fillet that that has given the team when... Because they're going to read the papers as well and they're seeing that maybe it's going to be Rabiot who's coming in. And then all of a sudden, it's not Rabiot. It's Casemiro, one of the greatest players in the world, who has not just the ability to help control the game of football to always do the right thing at the right time. But you can see he's got that personality. He's got that compelling, enveloping. It's almost like a real, like a football personality, like an old school football personality. So that when United score, he's one of the ones who's in the crowd leading the cheering. He's someone who almost like that header he scored at Chelsea in the last second. It was an amazing header, but he almost personalityed that in. Because someone without that kind of aggressive, confrontational competitive charisma doesn't score that goal and that competitive charisma is one of the things this team was lacking and Casemiro has just given you everything that wasn't there before in terms of technical ability in terms of tactical ability and also in terms of the mentality to be a leader in the team and then when you remember that behind him is Rafael Varane suddenly that looks like a very serious spine of the team of players who not only know how to win but expect to win and that has a massive effect on the players that they play with and also the players that they play against you see these two giants of the game standing there and suddenly it's you know that that is not going to be an easy evening anymore uh the ericsson um grafting him into the team as well like it's a, a perfect storm of players who want the ball at all times who have the technical ability to take it in difficult scenarios and to make sure that you still have it even after you've been pressed. There were there was stages in the first half in particular when um, City were quite dominant in terms of possession and Manchester United would be able to play the ball through the midfield and keep it as opposed to it breaking down because it was Fred and McTominay who were being tasked with uh, controlling the tempo of the game and they, that just wasn't their skill set. The wrong players were doing being asked to do the wrong things. And now you've got the right players generally being asked to do the right things and players who we kind of had written off. Um, you know, you take Arwan Bissaka for a start. But then also, like, the notion that Luke Shaw could be not just a competent centre-back, but somebody who's actually going to have a positive impact on the game in possession. Um, it's transformative. And I think it speaks to the, the wider sense of that, uh, that you use the autocrat to describe Ten Hag someone who has a distinct vision for what everybody is, is supposed to do and is drilling that constantly. That's the key thing here. Yeah, I think one of the things that Ten Hag had that really none of the other managers had is competition for places. What you had under Mourinho and under and under Ten Hag is, and under Ole is you'd have pick a team and then certain players would play well and Mourinho would keep picking the same players because he wouldn't pick the ones he hated and Ole would swap out the players who played badly, bring in some other ones, then they'd play badly and then you just keep going round and round and round. Whereas what Ten Hag's got is he's got the good players that Ole had and to it he's added some more good players. And so it's now the case that if you miss a game, even if the reason you miss games is because you're busy winning the World Cup, unlucky, you lose your place. And... The fact that that's uh, Lissandro Martinez is a player who Ten Hag loves. He bought him. He kept faith with him when he had a couple of rough games. Martinez was then brilliant. Doesn't matter. And and that gives all the players a certain level of confidence because they know the manager trusts them, but they know if they don't play well, they're going to be sitting at the side. And Luke Shaw, you talked about, he's one of those who he... It was always mentality with him. 
I mean, I remember when Louis van Gaal was saying this is the year of Luke Shaw, just before just before he did that, he had that terrible injury. But with Luke Shaw, he's one of those players who all the things that you would want technically, physically were there, but his personality was not naturally one of those who one of those that is given to elite level sport where you have to be relentless you have to be cruel you have to be remorseless and you have to keep doing it every day in training and every game twice a week Luke Shaw wasn't that he's not a natural Casemiro where but what happens is when you put him in a team and the team's working and he's playing regularly he's found that kind of strength and he found it for a little while under Ole then he lost it and then under Tanakh, he lost his place to Malassia and presumably he had to think that the manager has signed someone to play my position who is quite a bit younger than me. If I don't play well, I'm gone. And he's responded to that challenge. And the more it's that same virtuous circle, that the more you know that your place is under threat if you don't play well, the more if your mentality is not right, it can fire that mentality because otherwise you've got a massive problem. Um, you mentioned Ericsson, just the beginning, beginning of the question. I, I probably wouldn't have played Ericsson in that game. I would have played Anthony and I would have played Fred because I wouldn't have wanted United to get overrun in midfield like they did the last time they played City. But obviously Ten Hag knows more about football than I do. And was what he did was he decided that the goal threat of Anthony was not as important as the control of Ericsson. So suddenly, as you say, you've got all these players that want to take the ball and more than that, they know what to do with the ball when they get it. And that gave them the opportunity to control the game. And that's not something United have been able to do against anyone good under anyone post-Fergie, apart from Ten Hag. And that's what been one of the biggest changes. And that United won at City twice under Ole. And they played really well in both of those games. And they were the better team, I felt, and they deserved to win both of those games. But what they're getting now is the ability to actually be the team that decides what happens in the game, to be protagonists, as the kind of foreign managers often like to say, in one of those words that you never think about using to do with football until you hear someone whose language isn't English say it and you think, oh, that's actually a really good way of talking about it. And United are now able to be the protagonists in the big games and that's because of the way that Ten Hag has got them playing but also the personnel that he's able that he's choosing for for those games and picking constantly picking the right teams at the right times. Yeah, I, I think the Bruno uh, conversation is interesting to have as well. People are, are saying, oh, Ronaldo's gone, Bruno's back. And it's like, I don't think that's just it. I don't think that... Um, I, th- I, I remember, I think Miguel Delaney had the... Um, somebody referred to Bruno as tactically anarchic. And uh, I got the sense that um, Solskjaer in particular was a manager who was of the Roy Keane school you're a professional footballer you're really good you go out and do your job and that was the level of instruction that a lot of players got and for a time Bruno really responded to that and uh, now it looks like Bruno is a world class player who is getting better as a function of the system as opposed to just a player who's going to have moments in a game and that's a transformative thing as well because all of a sudden he's a 7 out of 10 every week and seven and a half and eight and eight and a half out of ten every week and it's it's to a pattern of play where everybody else understands okay if he does that I can do this and actually Rashford gets better and even uh, even Martial or whoever gets better as a result of it yeah with Bruno I, I guess I, I, I didn't agree I, mean, I spoke to Miguel about this I didn't agree with him on that point I felt that Bruno was playing that way because that was the way he had to play that basically everything went through him because there wasn't anyone else whom it could go through because of who the other midfield players were. 
So his job was to make goals happen. He has a genius for making goals happen. So he would get the ball and he'd keep trying stuff and he'd often give it away, but that was his role in the team. But quite soon after he joined United, I listened to a podcast. This is a ridiculous thing to say, so bear with me anyway, where he talked for best part of an hour and a half, I think, about football. It was the United official podcast saying that he wanted to play as an eight, but when he finished, he felt that he'd also have the ability to play as a six. And He's so intelligent in the way that he talks about the game and the way that he thinks about the game. And also when I watch him play, like his understanding of space, his ability to play killer passes, to arrive in the box at the right time. I found it really hard to believe that playing as a number eight rather than as a number 10 was was beyond him because football is not that difficult to understand. And it felt like just hearing him talk about it and not just hearing him talk about it, but hearing the way he talked in general in his, in his second language, made me think that this is an intelligent, driven, charismatic bloke. There's not a chance that in a different team that functions differently, he wouldn't be able to do a slightly different job. All he needed was a more defined structure and better players around him because the stuff he, he could already do the difficult stuff that most other people couldn't do. What he needed to do more of was just the stuff that keeps it ticking over. And I couldn't understand why it would be the case that he couldn't do that if that was what was required of him. And what we're seeing now is that that is the case, that he's now more of a number eight. He doesn't have to create everything that the team creates because he's got other great creative players around him. He's not the whole team. He's the leader of the team and he's a functioning part of the team. But he's not tactically anarchic at all, I don't think, that... He will still try stuff, and I'm sure there'll be times where I still watch United and it's like, come on, Bruno, don't do that. But he's not trying to play the killer ball all the time because the team isn't reliant on him doing that in order in order to create stuff. And because he always had that drive and that work ethic, I always felt that he would have the ability to just play a slightly different position because... I felt that he had the game intelligence to do that. And I think that I'm not right about everything, but I guess I feel like I was probably right about that one because that's what we're seeing from Bruno. And he was excellent again the other day and he's been really good in... One of the criticisms of him previously was that he didn't do enough in the big games. And I think that was wonderful. I mean, you can blame him for that and I think that's fair. But one of the reasons he didn't do enough in the big games was because United had so little of the ball in the big games that he ended up a lot of the time just trying these Hail Marys all the time because mm-hmm. he knew that he wouldn't get enough of the ball that he could just keep the ball moving because United didn't have the ability to keep the ball moving. Whereas now in these games, he can just keep play some continuity football as well because he knows that the opportunity is to make goals happen, which is still his principal job, that will happen. And even though he's he is a slightly different player now, I think he's still created more big chances than anyone else in the league. And so that that feature is the most important thing. Can you make goals happen? And that never leave him. But as you say, he's now doing all the other stuff as well. And he's a brilliant footballer. And I, I'm not surprised to see it. I don't know what to say. He's, I'm not, he's a brilliant footballer. Briefly, uh, Daniel, on um, on Anthony Martial, like you mentioned, uh, Ten Hag's, I guess, aversion to to remorse, and that, that was something we saw with Ronaldo and with Pogba, with Lingard, and with some of the the deadwood in that in that team. Um, Anthony Martial's attitude at the weekend, he wasn't chasing down balls; he was getting a bit of slack from fans. I don't know how fit or otherwise he was, but I mean, he was clearly deemed fit enough to start the match. Um, but he was just. His performance was terrible on, on Saturday and it, it's been a recurring theme of recent weeks. You see Vaud Veghorst sitting in the stands as well, ready to go from uh, from this week. So uh, do you see Anthony Martial having a future at Old Trafford? 
Um, I don't. I don't know. I would say that the way Ten Hag spoke about Martial in preseason, he he really liked him, um, and I think that's partly because. Martial is a lot of what Ten Hag wants in a striker, just the kind of all-purpose centre-forward who, in theory, has some pace, can come short and hold it up well, can run in behind, decent finisher, can run with the ball. The best version of Martial can do all of those things. I think even the best version of Martial, United ideally would still want someone who's a bit better than he is, but he's a lot of what Ten Hag wants in a centre-forward. Now, I can't comment on how fit he was at the weekend, and maybe he wasn't fit enough to press in the way that Ten Hag wanted, and that's not his fault. He was picked, and maybe he did his best, maybe he didn't. But obviously, with Martial, there's a course of dealing where he doesn't quite do the things that he should do because he just, he just doesn't. He doesn't have necess- the intensity that is required. So, yeah, you mentioned Vegos. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Vegos start against Palace because he's been playing, he's fit. I think he scored last weekend. So... I think that Martial has a problem because he hasn't done very much, as you say, since coming back to retain his place now that there's an alternative to him. So he might get another go if Ten Hag thinks it's a fitness issue. But if he thinks it's a commitment issue, then then I think we'll see Veghorst in midweek. And if he plays well, we'll see him stay in the team until until he doesn't stay in the team. Uh, Are City good enough to recover from this? Is there an obvious sign that they will be able to recover from this? Yeah, of course. Um, City are the only team in this in this title race. I mean, who knows who's even in the title race, but who we know can peel off 13 wins in a row if that's what it takes to win the title. We know that City can do that. Um, I've been saying for, for seems for several seasons now that the best Guardiola team, I think, he's had at City by far, was the first team that he won the league with. Um, in the kind of fantasy matches that we have in our heads, I think that that is the best non-United team of the Premier League era and definitely the team that I would be most trepidatious about the 99 team or the 08 team facing. I think that that was a brilliant team. The current team and the one that has been winning leagues over the last couple of seasons, I think, is a good team, but they're much easier to get at than that team were because they're not as dominant in midfield. They don't have Fernandinho, they don't have David Silva, they don't have, and they don't have Sergio Aguero. Now, they've replaced Aguero, Aguero with Haaland, but they don't have the same midfield control, which makes it easier to get at the back four that has always been a little bit dodgy. But because they have a goal scorer who scores in almost all the games and they have the knowledge that when it comes to the clutch, they can they can do it. They'd still be my favourites to win the title, just about, but they're under quite a bit of pressure now. If they yeah. drop points again before Arsenal do, then they're in really big trouble. And um, I mean, if, if, United, if United beat Arsenal at the weekend, then obviously things change again. But I do think that City are just about favourites to the league. Their best is is the best. The, the way they played against United is probably a level of football that is beyond all the other teams in this league and probably quite a little bit beyond that. But what they're not doing at the moment is making sure that they win games when they're not playing well. And Arsenal, you've got to say, Arsenal's the run Arsenal have been on is incredible. The yeah. amount of points they have this season from the amount of games is incredible. And you have to congratulate them for that. They benefited from... A really, a really easy start that allowed them to play themselves into form. And I think that's important, particularly with a team that is still kind of forming. I always think back to United in 06-07, where people didn't think that they were going to win the league. They had a really friendly, friendly fixture list in the first 10 games. They won loads of them playing great football, and then they went on from there. And I think Arsenal got that too, and they're now round full of confidence, and they're going to be hard to stop, I think. All right. Daniel, good stuff. Thanks a million. No, see you again, everyone. OTB. AM with Gillette. 
Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 